everyone, Diane here, a senior therapeutic weight loss specialist with InStrive, and I am happy to welcome you to this week's installment of the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast. So today's topic is going to be on stress eating, the signs, the symptoms, and tips to start breaking the cycle. Stress eating is something that I think a lot of us can relate to, and surprisingly enough, many of you out there might be shaking your head and going, no, that's not me. I don't do that. I'm not a stress eater. Uh, I don't I don't really have any emotional eating habits. But I can tell you that it's more common than you think. And many times when I start kind of getting into what stress eating is all about and what it entails, people will actually recognize some of these characteristics and traits in themselves. Um, so definitely something maybe you want to pay a little bit of attention to today and see if it is a trigger for you, because it's a pretty hot topic and something that I think a lot of us uh, do, whether we're realizing it or not. The main reason that we engage in stress eating is food can be very soothing. It kind of takes us back to happier memories of our childhood. It makes us feel rewarded. It releases serotonin and dopamine in our brains if there's sugar in it, I mean. And that's going to cause your body to flood with happy hormones. So that serotonin and dopamine release that you get from consuming um, that type of a food, it, it becomes an addiction to your body. Your body knows that if you're eating those sort of foods, then the body is going to get that pleasure response. That's why when things get rough in people's lives and they're looking for comfort, a lot of times food can be a common coping mechanism for many people. And again, that's what stress eating is all about or emotional eating, if you will. If you're using food as a reward or you're eating when you get bored or sad or stressed or even lonely, emotional eating is applying there. It means you're eating for reasons other than hunger and you might not be listening to your body's natural hunger and fullness cues. Like you're not really focused on that. More so you're focused on getting that void, that, that emotional void filled, not really a, a hunger one. And again, this problem is a lot more common than you probably think it is. And a lot of you out there, maybe even you, <laughs> talking to you, are falling into some form of emotional or stress eating and you don't even realize it's happening. So let's talk about the triggers that can cultivate that immediate urge of turning to food for comfort. So the biggest triggers for emotional eating are number one, your habits. Many people associate their own habits with emotional eating. And, and what I mean by that is, let's say that you have a, a certain habit like eating a chocolate candy bar every day on your way back home from work. And that's just been your pattern. If you don't have one with you, you'll stop at your local gas station and pick one up, but you eat uh, a candy bar every single day on your way home from work. Or if you go to the mall, you always get a pretzel and a lemonade slush at the stand there. Those habits, those patterns that we fall into they actually are emotional eating in, in its core. You know, that, that you're not eating because you're hungry. You're not eating because you need something to fill the void in your stomach. Uh, you're eating because it has become customary for you to do so. And it is comforting for you to stick with that daily habit or weekly habit or occasional habit or whatever it might be. Second one is boredom. Uh, 
this is this is probably mine. If I had to say I have an emotional eating trigger, it would probably be boredom. It's easy to eat when we're bored, right? If we're sitting there and we don't know what to do with ourselves and there's not a lot going on and we like a fast paced and perfect social media stream and we need that constant flood of activity coming from one place or another, when there is downtime and you don't know how to fill it, sometimes how we fill it is by going in the pantry and raiding the cabinets. That is common, that is very common something I myself have fallen into, and I'm sure a lot of you can recognize that as well, but boredom eating is still emotional eating. Social influences would be number three. That's kind of falling under that peer pressure trap. Now, I don't mean like your friends and family are, you know, pressuring you into eating an ice cream cone. I mean, maybe they are, I don't know, but that's, that's not really what I'm getting at here. What I mean by peer pressure is if your friend is, you know, planning to have a get together at their house to watch the football game and they recommend that it be a pizza and wing party and you are trying to eat healthy, but you don't really want to, you know, put your foot down. You don't want to be the stick in the mud and you're like, okay, that's fine. That's that kind of fear pressure I'm talking about or Let's say that you're going out with a friend and the friend is like, oh, let's get some drinks. And you know, I don't really want to drink right now. I'm trying to cut back on, you know, alcohol, a lot of calories, a lot of sugar. No, no, no. Come on. One or two won't hurt. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That's that social influence, peer pressure. Uh, fatigue. Oh, this is a big one, too. This is another one that I think I can I can admit to. When you're tired and you've had a long day and you know, you just feel like, poof, I need a little comfort here. It's been a rough one. When you are feeling uninspired and you don't feel like doing much and you don't want to do those dishes sitting in your sink or you don't feel like going outside and working in the garden, even if it needs it. When you're stuck in that rut where you're in front of the TV, there's a reason late night eating is a thing. This is one of those reasons we're tired, we're bored. And the first thing we look for to start to mindlessly fill our time in that reward system that we talked about, had a long day, had a long day, I'm tired. I deserve something, right? I deserve this because I had a long day and I'm tired and I'm bored and I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to eat and that's what I'm going to do. That's the kind of stress slash emotional eating that falls in this category. Uh, a lot of misconceptions around this issue. A lot of people mistakenly believe that emotional eating is not a psychological issue, but a reason to overeat, reason to just eat more. That's not true. Physical hunger and emotional hunger are completely different things. Physical hunger means you truly feel hungry. You have not eaten in a while. Your stomach is growling. You're, you know, knowing, you know, that trigger, you know, that feeling, you're knowing that your body is signaling you that it's time to eat something that is not emotional hunger. That is truly, it's time to eat. Your body needs fuel, get something healthy in there. The other kind, the emotional hunger is based upon what we just talked about. You have a habit where you stop and get the chocolate bar every day. 
you're sitting in front of the TV and you're feeling bored or you're feeling like you deserve a reward for the long day you just put in, or you're with your friends and, you know, decide to go out for pizza, even though you're trying to eat healthier. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about emotional hunger, you may not be hungry, but you are eating for a different purpose, a totally different reason. And people who are emotional eaters turn to food primarily to suppress negative emotions Negative emotions like sadness, loneliness, guilt. And when we're experiencing negative emotions, it can lead us to a feeling of emptiness. So someone who's indulging in stress eating, typically without, no, I mean, this isn't like, please, when I say that they are looking at food as, what I want you to know is, they're not consciously looking at food this way, but this is what's happening in the brain, whether they're aware of it or not. I think most people are not consciously aware of this. But when you're using food and emotional eating to suppress those negative emotions and that feeling of emptiness, you're eating to fill that emotional void, to get that temporary wholeness or a feeling of fullness that it gives you that really has nothing to do at all with needing or truly wanting from a hunger standpoint food. It's totally based on filling up an empty spot in that emotion system, not physical hunger. So let's talk about the signs. I'm gonna to talk to you about six signs that you can look for if you or maybe someone you know you think is affected by stress eating. These are some things that are pretty good indicators there might be something more going on. First one is you feel a sudden and urgent need for food or snacks. Now remember, physical hunger is different and that typically progresses gradually. Stress eating is different. I'm not talking about, you know, it's getting to be lunchtime and you're starting to feel a little bit hungry because you haven't had anything since, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. What I'm talking about here is you get an abrupt feeling of hunger. You, maybe you just ate an hour ago and you know that you're not truly hungry, but all at once, all you can think about is food, is getting into your cupboards, breaking into that kitchen, going nuts on whatever happens to be in the cabinet. For me, it would be potato chips if they were sitting there. You know, that's why I try not to buy them. But you know what I'm saying here, that abrupt need that just the flip switches and you're like, oh, I got to go eat something. That sudden urge, that need for a food or a snack item, that is not hunger. That's totally different. Uh, number two, when you are inconvenienced and something negative happens and, and maybe it's a small inconvenience or maybe it's something big. But when you feel impatient, when you feel upset, when you feel slighted, when you feel disrespected, when you get mad at your boss, whatever it is, those things happen and your response is starting to get impatient to dig into food. Whether it be that, oh, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to lunch. Or, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I need a break. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get something. I'm gonna go get a donut in the break room and a, and a cup of coffee. I need a minute. Maybe you're with the kids. Kids have snacks. 
kids are stressing you out. Maybe it's their snacks that you dig into. But that response to even the small inconveniences in your life is definitely a sign that you are an emotional eater. So if you see yourself doing that, if you feel like even when something minor happens, you tend to need to eat something to feel a little bit better, whether you know it or not, that's emotional eating. Uh, okay, cravings. We're going to talk about cravings for a minute. I would say number three on this list is craving very specific foods, comfort foods. And if that is what you crave, if you're only craving comfort foods, like we have a list of our comfort foods, right? You you know what yours are. I know what mine are. I know what foods, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about a cold day and, you know, wanting to cozy up in my living room under a blanket and put on Netflix, I know what food I'm eating in that picture in my head. And I know you do too. So when you're attempting to achieve that feeling of contentment and fullness with food, you might kind of gravitate towards those comforting foods, those foods that make you feel better. So if you find yourself always craving these comfort foods, always kind of looking to turn to those type of foods when you've had a long day, that is most definitely a form of emotional eating. Uh, if you're eating at an unusual time, and this one I, I hear a lot, I myself, uh, this isn't one that I fall into, but I know a lot of my clients do. And it, it really can be a sign that there's some sort of problematic eating going on. It can fall into those habits. It can fall into those, you know, uh, misguided patterns of eating for something other than hunger. But if you find yourself going into the kitchen more often than you need to, and at weird times, like let's say you wake up, you fall asleep on the couch, come from work, you do your thing, you're a little tired, you sit down, you end up nodding off during the TV show, you wake up and it's like 11 o'clock at night. And the first thing you want to do is walk in the kitchen and eat at 11 o'clock at night. That's not normal. Okay. That's a weird time to be going in and getting something to eat. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're having a little trouble falling back asleep and you decide the best thing to do is go downstairs and hit the refrigerator. The middle of the night's a weird time to eat. That's most people aren't eating in the middle of the night. So if you find yourself either ordering food, like ordering out or raiding the kitchen, jumping in the refrigerator at weird times of the day, that can be a sign of understated emotional eating. So that can be a habit. Remember those habits count. That's your habit. That's still a reason that you are eating that has nothing to do with physical hunger. That is by and large the definition of this. Uh, you tend to eat more than you normally do when you're stress eating. So you're going to forget about portion control. This is number five on our list. When you're stress eating, the last thing you're thinking about is, am I eating too much? Should I have less of this? Is this okay? Should I really have that much of this? You're eating despite feelings of fullness. You're eating despite not really being hungry. You're eating to fill a hole in the emotion. So if you're undergoing, you know, something you're worried about or a personal problem or something going on and you are eating for that reason, there's no portion control there. I mean, all, all bets are off on that, right? It's no holds barred. I know, listen, I know that what my triggers are. I am highly 
susceptible to eating when I'm bored and eating when I am tired. I don't know about stressed. When I'm stressed, I'm the opposite. If I'm like really stressed out or I'm very upset, you know, emotional, I don't tend to eat. I tend to not eat. For me, it's if I am truly in a place where I am high stress, I don't even think about food. That's just me. However, if I'm in a place where I'm bored or I am tired and I've had a long day and all I want to do is sit down and I don't want to be bothered with preparing something healthy. Oh, yeah, I'm very much triggered into emotional eating. I will eat whatever's there. If you open the you know, the pantry door and there's a bag of potato chips or a box of Cheez-Its or um, whatever, whatever is in there, if it's easy, if it looks like something that's going to taste good and it's uh, convenient and right at hand, you better believe I'm going to grab onto it. If I'm not being mindful, if I'm not thinking things through, if I'm not trying to change these patterns and habits. So when you do that, I'm not thinking about how many potato chips I'm eating. I mean, yeah, what if I'm being mindful? I am. But if I'm seriously hooked into that stress eating pattern, you're just eating to eat. You're not eating because you're hungry. You're eating because you're looking for something else to come from that potato chip bag that is not fullness of your stomach. So that type of eating is problematic because of the mass consumption of calories, carbohydrates, fats that you're getting in one quick undertaking. And of course, the more that you do that throughout your day, yeah, that's that's not gonna be a great thing if we're trying to control uh, you know, the diet. Number six would be that you get a feeling of guilt after you are done eating. That is usually a real big red flag that something is amiss because typically if you're like just someone who is a, a pretty much normal eater and do not have these emotional eating triggers, after you've had a good meal, when you're hungry, you actually have a feeling of, you know, happiness and gratitude and contentment. There's not really much of a feeling of guilt going on there. You, you're just pretty glad that you got something to eat and you feel happy about it. So the difference is a person dealing with stress eating when they've done, you know, that, that type of eating, they are going to experience feelings of guilt, unhappiness, worry, um, you know, th they're not positive emotions that come along with these, these types of eating patterns. They can lead to very disordered ways of thinking. I mean, there's many people that are people who will binge and then, you know, vomit afterwards. Now, of course, you all know that's an extreme, but that is an extreme that started with this that started with this type of situation it can become bigger and bigger and bigger for certain people but it's still something that we want to help you get out of if it's something that you're dealing with because nobody wants to feel that way or I want you to feel guilty after you have something to eat I want you to enjoy your food and feel good about how you're feeling your body and have a sense of contentment and happiness that surrounds those meals, not, not this, uh, you know, crushing guilt and, and, uh, truthfully, I mean, that translates into low self-worth and, 
you know, beating yourself up and making yourself feel bad. And like we've talked about in other episodes, being a bully to yourself, you know, and that, that can all come hand in hand with this. Uh, and of course, number seven, the last sign that you might have an issue with emotional eating uh, is a big jump in your weight. You know, if you've noticed that your scale is, is going up pretty dramatically, and you're unable to change the eating habits to stop that from happening. I mean, stress eating diminishes our judgment for the nutritional value of the food that you're consuming. So again, if there's no portion control, overeating is pretty much inevitable. And those factors are going to combine to make you gain weight and become out of shape. Of course, when that happens, you have a drastic change in your body. That's going to change you know, your emotions, again, you're going to start feeling unhappy, guilty, and it becomes a cycle. So if you have experienced a large jump in your weight, and I get this from clients a lot, they'll come in and they'll tell me, I gained like 30 pounds in the last couple of months. And I know why. Okay. I'm I, my, it's my son, he's doing X, Y, Z, and it's really stressing me out. And I, I just can't deal with it. And I, I haven't been paying any attention. I've been so busy at work. And all I do is stop on the way home and I get fast food and I know I shouldn't do it. And I'm doing it anyway. And I don't know how to change it. I don't know why. I don't know why I do that. That is an emotional eating pattern. That's just one, one basic example of an emotional eating pattern. But if you find yourself in this, where you're seeing the increase in the weight, where you're feeling guilt after you eat something, where you can't break out of these patterns, that that's definitely something we need to recognize and try to start changing. And it's easier said than done. I know that. But I want to help a little bit by giving you a couple steps that might be able to help you out. So if you recognize yourself as someone who's dealing with emotional eating, a couple factors can start to turn that around. It's really essential that you first recognize your triggers. So figure out what it is that's causing that urge for you. That's, that's getting you into that place where you are hardcore jumping on that emotional eating bandwagon. They might be physical factors. They might be emotional factors. What I recommend is maintaining, sounds silly, but a mood book that can really be helpful. If you are writing down how your mood is changing throughout the day, you may see the pattern of when you start to pick up that bag of chips. If you monitor your mood, and you can do this right in your food journal. I mean, if you're someone that does a food journal, that's our next one I'm going to get into. Uh, do it right there. Just as you're writing down your foods, write down how you're feeling right along with them. That mood that you're in can start to show you patterns. And the food journal, keeping tab of what you're eating during the day is going to help you pretty much in the same way. When you're making that food journal, take notes of your hunger level. Rate that hunger. Do it on a scale of one to 10, How whatever works for you. Align that feeling of hunger with your mood. So for instance, if you're, if you're feeling hungry when you get angry or anxious and you notice that that happens every time you're angry or anxious, even if you've just eaten, you know that's an emotional eating trigger for you. Uh, okay, let's talk about boredom. If you're getting bored, 
and you're about to go in the kitchen, make a grilled cheese, order out, whatever. Instead of doing that, if you know you're truly not hungry and you're eating only because you're bored, let's try something else. Grab your phone and call a friend, have a conversation. That's gonna help divert your thoughts away from food and into a conversation with your friend. If that's not something that's feasible for you, let's find another way to do it. If you're not able to just call a friend, uh, all right, maybe read a book if you're a reader. If you're not a reader, put on a podcast. See what I did there? Put on my podcast. <laughs> Listen to something that's going to divert your thoughts. Uh, or an audiobook. Or go for a walk. Take your dog for a walk. Play ball with your dog. Play with your kids. Do something. Just do something to break the boredom. Oftentimes, there's plenty of things to do. We just don't necessarily feel like doing them. But when you don't feel like doing something and you're looking for something comforting to comfort yourself, and that's food, that's a problem. Let's make the comfort something else. So if you need to comfort yourself, paint your nails, take a bath, you know, do something nice, light a nice scented candle and relax a little bit, you know, just lay back, chill on your couch, pull out your favorite sweatpants, whatever. Look for ways to give yourself the comfort and relaxation you need from a long day that does not involve a habit that's going to increase your weight, decrease your motivation, and make you feel guilty. So stay out of that kitchen. Don't order in. Let's do something else. Find ways to cope with your stress. If it's writing in a journal, great. If it's going for a walk, great. If it's, again, reading a book, listening to a podcast, listening to the radio, I don't care. Whatever it is that helps you de-escalate when you are stressed, I want you to try to start doing that. I'm going to give you a personal story here. And for me, I often have a lot to do in my day. I have work, obviously, I do this. I have my children. I have three sons. And one of my sons has autism. And he's mild and he's wonderful and I wouldn't trade him for the world, but he is a special needs child and he does require a lot of very specialized care. And so I don't have a lot of downtime and I'm also the lead singer of a band. So on the weekends and, and when I'm not here, you know, being a nutritional counselor and a therapeutic weight loss specialist, I am the lead singer of a, a very successful local party band. So I'm always on the go with a million things to do. And that for me can result in a lot of stress and a lot of falling into bad tendencies. So how I try to keep my stress levels in check, because I have noticed if I am feeling that way, sometimes I am that girl on the couch looking through the pantry and breaking out, you know, whatever snacks my kids have laying around or going through the fridge for the leftovers or whatever. So when I find myself in that pattern, I, I actually took up a hobby and I, the hobby for me is I like to paint and I'll paint, you know, a picture, I'll paint ceramics, I'll paint whatever, but go, if you go to your local craft store you can pick up supplies to do stuff, you know, whatever you're interested in, anything. It doesn't have to be painting. It could be anything. But 
even if it's just like those adult coloring books or, you know, crossword puzzles or just anything that you think to yourself, you know, I really like that and I don't make any time to do it and I should. That is what I'm talking about. Even if it's a game on your phone, you know, even if you want to break out the candy crush or whatever you're into, that is fine. Just make it something that keeps your mind happy with de-stressing and keeps your hands from reaching into the chip bag and putting them in your mouth over and over again. So de-stressing through finding a way to cope, whatever it is, take up a new hobby, branch out, try something new. Trust me, I, the painting was new for me. Actually, I, I got a birthday gift, one of those gift cards to like that um, wine and design place where you can go and you know you drink and they teach how to paint a picture in a couple hours or whatever. So I got a gift card there and I loved it. I really enjoyed the painting process and I decided I wanted to try it on my own and I did. And it's been a great de-stressor for me. Whatever works for you, get creative with it. Just find a way to cope with stress that doesn't involve food. Uh, maybe, you know, meditation is your thing. If you like meditation, that's wonderful. Mindfulness, calming techniques, that can really provide a lot of people with ease in dealing with stress and in dealing with stress eating. So if you're someone who's good at meditation, I, I've tried, I've never been great at it, but if you're someone who is, by all means, meditate, do that if it works. Now, if any of these tips aren't working for you, and I should say if any of these tips, if these tips in general don't work for you, you've tried everything. You just don't know what else to do. You can't get a handle on this thing. I'm going to recommend a couple things. There is a podcast done by Wendy Francis, W-E-N-D-I Francis. If you are an InStrive client, you know this name. She actually is one of the founders of this program. She's wonderful. She is a dietitian, and she is a very, very skilled um, in dealing with emotional eating. She's been doing it for 30 years. So she does this podcast. And on this podcast, she gives some amazing information about breaking these patterns and how to deal with emotional eating. And you can find her podcast for free anywhere that you listen to podcasts or just go to her website, wendyfrancis.com. I'm pretty sure is the website, but you type her into Google, Wendy Francis, it'll come right up and you can listen to those episodes of that podcast, but they are amazing. So try them if, you, if it's something that you think, you know, might help you out. But if you're really in a rut and you can't get a handle on this thing, there's nothing wrong with talking to a doctor or an expert of some sort on this. It's okay to need help. Don't feel like you have to conquer this on your own if it's too much. If it's too much and you're really in a place where you know it's just gotten out of your control, call the doctor, talk to someone. If you're an InStrive client, give us a call, talk to us. We'll let you know if we think it's at a point where you know you need to seek a little bit of outside help, you know, or we'll try to help you as best we can. Certainly, we're here for you. But if it is a problem, guys, you don't have to face it alone. There's a lot of people out there that would really like to help you work through that and can help you work through that and get you to a healthier place. So that's it for today. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed all of the information that I gave you today on stress eating and emotional eating. I know that I always have a great time talking with you guys, and I'm so grateful to have such wonderful clients and such a wonderful audience uh, listening in on this podcast week after week and all the great feedback you guys give me. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of that. 
So if you are enjoying the InStride Fat Loss Podcast, you can click the notification button on whatever platform you are using to be notified every time a new episode comes out, which is typically Wednesdays in the afternoon. Uh, you can also go to our website, instridefatloss.com to learn more about our program. You can call us. You can go to our Facebook page. If you are not a client and you want to learn more about becoming a client, please reach out to us in whatever method you choose. One of our staff will get back to you and we will see about setting you up for a consultation with a therapeutic weight loss specialist like myself or one of my team members. All right, guys, thanks again for joining me. This is Diane signing off from the InStride Fat Loss Podcast. I'll see you next week.